Hey, what's going on guys? It's DK. Back at you with another video here. It's brand new three game NBA main slate on Wednesday. Before I get into the video, if you guys are new to the channel, my name's DK. I make daily videos breaking out NBA, NFL, PGA, and esports, daily fantasy sports sites. Uh, real quick, before I get into the analysis, I do want to say thank you again, guys, for all support. Currently, right now, at 4.47 thousand subscribers. I'm going to try to hit 6K by uh, the end of September is my new goal. 6K subscribers by the end of September. So if you guys enjoy all the free content, and it is all free right now, the easiest way to support me, leave a like button on the video, hit that subscribe button, and hit the notification bell so you know when I upload videos, you know when I go live. Um, if you cannot watch the YouTube videos, I do also upload on Apple Podcasts. The link is in the description below. It's just the DKDFS show. Uh, but yeah, with that out of the way, let's jump into it. So before we get into the, the breakdown of the three-game slate, uh, what we can do is we can look back on the lineup here from Tuesday's slate. So Tuesday, uh, this is my final lineup here. One with Monty Moore, Seth Curry, Paul George, Jeremy Grant, Jokic, uh, Doncic, Kleber, and Boban. So kind of a, you know, stack the later game. Got some pieces here on Denver. Um, you know, the reason I got to Jeremy Grant, I know he's not been playing well, was just the minutes, right? He played like 35-plus minutes. So that's the reason I got there, or uh, that's the reason I went there. Not playing amazing. Monty Moore, basically the same thing. Uh, was just the minutes. All five starters played 35-plus minutes in that last game, so that's the reason why I got to some of these Denver guys. Jokic has been uh, on fire for me. He had a really, really good first quarter. I think he shot 8 of 8. Um, yeah, he was low-owned. I, I, I kept stressing it. I was like, guys, Jamal Murray is going to be way higher on than Jokic because of the last game. That's something I continue to try to hammer down is people will just chase the big game. Now, sometimes they'll get rewarded, right? Sometimes players will have good back-to-back -back games, but more often than not, it's not going to happen that way. And you had double the ownership on Jamal Murray than you did Nicole Jokic. So, um, yeah. And then, yeah, I, I went with Paul George. I think he's going to be lower owned because he's been shooting the ball terribly. And then I went with the Denver stack because no Porzingis put Seth Curry there um, with Doncic, Kleber, and Boban. So we'll see how it goes, but that's what I got right now, hoping Denver can keep it close. All right, three-game slate. Let's do it. Uh, Magic Bucks, uh, I do. N I am not happy that this game is on the slate. Uh, but yeah, it's a 226.5 over under. The Bucks are 14-point favorites. For the life of me, I still do not understand how Orlando stays in these games. It, it literally blows my mind. Uh, I just do not get it. Uh, Thunder Rockets is a 224.5 over under. The Rockets are 3-point favorites. And the late-night hammer here with no Damian Lillard. Blazers, Lakers... 14-point spread, the Lakers are favored. It's a 221.5 over-under. So just looking at these numbers, right, you see the 14-point spread in the early game and the late game. For cash games, I think it makes sense to stack the middle the middle game, right, OKC and Houston, because that's the game that has the, the best chance to stay close. So if you're playing a cash game setting, which I'm not going to be, I'll be playing GPPs, but if you're playing cash games on the three-game slate, I think it, it makes sense to get a lot of exposure to that Thunder and Rockets game. So let's talk about the Bucks. Uh, and since it's only three games, I'm going to go team by team. Here. So let's talk about the Magic and the Bucks here. Again, I just do not understand how this Orlando team continues to keep the game close. Uh, Aaron Gordon is for like the fifth straight time questionable. I don't think he's going to go. Uh, it's a hamstring injury. Sure, they're the one game away from elimination. But my best guess is he's not going to go since he hasn't played at all yet this series. If he does play... If Aaron Gordon does play, then that changes some things. That takes a lot of the value basically out of play for Orlando, and then, you know, has gives them a slightly better chance of keeping it competitive. So that is big news. I would assume he is out, but if he is in, then that takes almost all the guys below him out of play for me. 
Vucevic is at 9-2. So it's all about how do you want to attack this slate? Again, for cash games, maybe you don't want a whole lot of exposure to this game. I think the middle game is the one you want a lot of exposure to. But for GPPs, if you think this game stays close, then I think it makes sense to run Vucevic and Giannis. I've stressed that, you know, since the start of this series. If you guys think it stays close, you play Vooch and you play Giannis together. Because the only way that I think Orlando keeps it close is a big game from Vucevic. We've seen it in three of the four games so far. Um, and if Orlando does keep it close, then Giannis plays his 35 or so minutes, and then he has a really good chance to crush. So it, it makes sense for GPPs to go Vooch and Giannis together if you're if you're banking on the fact that this game stays close. Now, personally, I've taken the blowout... Um, you know, I think I thought it would blow out the last couple games. It hasn't. I'm going to continue to, to take that stand and hope for the blowout. I really just do not understand how this Orlando team without Aaron Gordon, without Jonathan Isaac, uh, keeps games close. It blows my mind. So, yeah, personally, I'll talk about it again more in the in the live stream, but I am taking the stand that the Magic get blown out here. Um, Fournier, Terrence Ross. These are two guys I absolutely hate playing. Now, they did do a little bit more besides score the ball. Uh, eight rebounds and three assists, a little bit more of an outlier for Evan Fournier. And you saw the same thing with Ross. You saw eight rebounds uh, and one assist, which is you know not usual for him. Both these guys are very, very score independent. Uh, they're going to have to have big games if they're going to stay competitive. So if you're a guy that is going to play Vooch and Giannis together, then it just makes sense to get more exposure to this game because someone's going to have to score the ball besides Vucevic. So guys like Fournier and Ross are scoring dependent. I hate playing them, but they're for sure in play uh, because someone someone's going to have to help Vooch score. So I'm not over the moon about them. I'm probably not going to play them, but I get it if you go there. With Fultz and DJ Augustine, it seems like they just take turns having good games. Um you know, whoever has the the big game in the most recent game is always the higher owned. So I think Fultz will be higher owned after the 35 fans point game. For that reason, I'll probably prefer DJ Augustine. Just because I think he'll be low roped. Again, they've been taking turns. It's literally a 50-50 shot here. Like, I don't have a strong take. Um, I'll probably, if I was going to play a point guard, I think I would give the edge to Augustine because I think he will be lower owned. But they're very, very similar plays. Uh, we're no longer giving them a discount. So 5-1 for Fultz and 4-8 for Augustine. So if the game blows out, you might be in trouble. Um, James Ennis at 4-4. I'll be passing on him. Only played 23 minutes. I want to see him closer to 30 if I was going to take a shot at him for value. So that does worry me. Things could obviously change. He could get 30 this, in this next game, but I'm, I'm going to pass at 4-4. Gary Clark's at 4-2. I think it's fine, too. He'll play 25-ish minutes. I think he's okay value, but maybe not my favorite value. And then there's a couple interesting plays here. So, again, no Isaac, no MCW, no Aminu. Uh, Vic Law and Michael Frazier, I believe, are, are, will probably be out again. That actually is somewhat big news. If they're both out again, then if this game blows out, the Magic have, like, no one to play in garbage time. They'll play BJ Johnson and Mundo and Ken Birch. But who will also play in garbage time? Well... Two of these guys will have to play. So it does give these guys a slight boost. So even if it does blow out, like they could get blowout minutes. I don't know who exactly would get the blowout run, but two of those guys would if Law and Frazier are out. I'll mention it again. I know it played in the last slate. It was a shot I was fine taking because I was banking on the blowout. But Ken Birch played 18 minutes. Wasn't great in that time. Had 11 fancy points in 18 minutes. If the game blows out, he's the guy that's going to play 25 minutes. 
So, and he's a guy that's, you know, pretty productive, you know, when playing with all the scrubs. Like, he's a solid point-per-minute guy. I don't hate the idea of going to Ken Birch again. No one's going to play him. He'll be like a 1% on play. This is a dart throw for sure. It's a really, really risky play. But if you're taking a stand like I am that you think this game blows out, then I don't think it's the worst idea to go to Birch because he'll play over 20 minutes. So, yeah, definitely, definitely not a cash game play. It's like a 1% owned uh, dart throw there in GPPs. Like if I was going to take a shot in one of these scrubs, it would be Birch over a guy like Mundo or BJ Johnson. So, that's my thoughts there for Orlando. Let's talk about Milwaukee. Uh, Giannis is 11-3. Nothing really bad to say about him other than the blowout risk. And it's it's definitely there. I do not understand. It's still I still don't get how Orlando is staying competitive in these games. But if you're gonna if you think it stays close, then play Giannis and play Vucevic together. It, it literally is that easy. It makes sense. Both guys have enormous upside. If Giannis gets the minutes, he could absolutely crush even at eleven three. If Orlando stays competitive, it's because of a big game from Vucevic. So it's all about how you want to attack the slate. Middleton at 7-8 will once again be a pass. He finally had a half-decent shooting day. Uh, one for almost 40 fancy points, but I just can't do it on this slate. I, I just can't. Uh, and the blowout risk is real, too. I'm just I'm not doing Middleton. The minutes are just down on Eric Bledsoe. Only 24 the last game. I don't know. I still think he's solid, but I'll, I don't think I'm going to get to him. I'm going to pass him Brooke Lopez, too, at 5-2. Um, he's just a scoring dependent center. He got you there because he had three blocks and two steals. We're not going to get that again. So I'm perfectly fine getting away from Brooke Lopez. George Hill, the minutes went up. They've been up and down for him. He played 23. Like, if he gets minutes in the mid-20s, I think he's fine value. But there's been games where he's only played 19. So he's a riskier value option. And that's it. I mean, could you go to a guy like Compton and hope for the blowout? I guess. But they have so many guys they can use still. DiVincenzo, Connaughton, Marvin Williams, Ilya Sova, they have Korver, they have Robin Lopez, they have Sterling, like they have so many guys that I don't even think I would, it would risk taking a shot at one of those really cheap options. So let's talk about OKC and Houston. This is the game that if you're playing cash games, I think you want to load up on. Um, Chris Paul's at 8-1. You know, he's going to play 37 minutes or so. Um, it's a really good spot against Houston. Like, I'm not scared of anyone who Houston throws on, it, that, on Chris Paul defensively, so I think CP3 is a solid play. Um, hasn't really had the huge upside. Uh, he did have the huge upside there in game one. He's a guy that will do it all. The assist number is a little bit down on him, only three, which is a little bit surprising for Chris Paul in 37 minutes. I think those go up a bit. Yeah, so I, I think Chris Paul's solid at 8-1. SGA, I think he's going to be the most popular play. And this is a tricky one. because He's been absolutely terrible. He let me down so many times in the bubble during the regular season. But now he's just the minutes. It's just a minutes thing with him, right? 48 in overtime, so sure, 43, but then 44 in regulation. He literally sat for four minutes. Sorry, four, not three. Um, if he's going to basically play the entire game, then he probably is your safest option. The rebounds, assists have been there. It's a tricky one for me because I know the ownership's up. I just kind of feel a bust game coming from SGA when everyone's going to go to him, so... If I feel like the ownership is going to be super high in SGA, then I might just go to CP3. Or then I might just go down to Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder's at 6-4. I played him last late. Um, you know, he's not a guy that's going to play as many minutes. He'll come off the bench and play like 32-ish minutes. He had a good scoring game. Went for 30 real-life points. 
36 fancy points. So Schroeder might be the riskiest, riskiest of the three because of the minutes. Uh, but he's also the cheapest. So I think all three guards are certainly in play. I think SGA might be your cash game play just because he is, you know, playing basically the whole game. I like CP3 too. Now, can you play two of the three guards? I think you can. If you're playing cash, maybe you play two of the OKC guards and you run it back with Harden. And then you go value. I think that's probably the cash game build right now. Uh, Gallinari's at 6'3". So this is an interesting one. I talked about it with Joe Ingles today. I, I've been stressing it with so many guys that after a bad game, no one's going to play Gallinari. I don't think Gallinari's a fantastic play, but you're going to get him at like 5% ownership after that last game. So I think he's a guy that will play 30 to 33 minutes. He had a bad shooting day. Sure, he does have a somewhat low floor. I don't think we get three rebounds again from him. I think that's a little bit more of an outlier. Probably get somewhere between five, six rebounds or so. So I think those rebounds go up a bit. Um, I think he's okay. I obviously feel more comfortable targeting the guards. So I'm still not going to be like, I just don't think Gallinari is an amazing play, but you're going to get him at really, really low ownership. Steven Adams at 5'5", I think he's a safe play. I think 25 to 30 minutes. Uh, it's a mismatch when he's out there. Whoever they have him out, whoever they have on him, whether it be Tucker, Covington, Jeff Green, like Adams definitely has an advantage. He hasn't really had a big game yet, but... He could go for, like, 35-plus in a spot like this. Like, he can definitely go for a double-double, can get you some blocks and steals. Um, it's just a mismatch. So, I have a little bit of interest in, in Adams. I think he's a safe play. Dort for value of 4-2, I think, is viable. It's a tricky one. I probably prefer other value, but I get it. Like, I think he is in play. He's actually been playing solid. He's been playing really good defense, uh, defense on hard end. So, I don't think he's out of play, but don't know if I'm going to get to him. Basley's at 3-5. Um... I still don't know if it's enough minutes for me to consider him, even at that price. Like, he could get you, like, 20 fancy points in, like, 15-ish minutes, but it's a risky target for sure. Noel's at 3-3. Um, did play 15 minutes. Like, I actually think he's a viable punt. If we get 15 minutes out of Noel, he's a pretty decent point-per-minute guy. So, it's a risky target for sure, but I don't think he's out of play uh, as, like, a dart throw. And that's it for me on OKC. So let's talk about Houston. Harden, man, am I still tilted about that. I played him the first three games of the series. He had four games in all three games. I finally fade him, and he finally has a good shooting day. Those are 75 fancy points. That's how it works in DFS. Super, super tilting. Um, yeah, I mean, the upside is there, right? I, I told you guys, like, it's 80 fancy point upside when he's playing really well. The shot was there last game. The minutes went way up to 43. That game did not go to overtime either. He just played 43 minutes. So Harden's a guy I think is the safe spend up right now because this is the game that has the best opportunity to stay close. So, again, I think your cash game build is probably Harden with a couple of those OKC guards. Eric Gordon's at 6-1. I think he's priced about right. He is the number two guy. My issue with him is he's not going to do anything besides score the ball. He had 23 points. 33 fancy points. So I think he's fine if you get to him. I don't know if I'm going to go out of my way to play him, but I think he's solid. Uh, Covington's at 5-7. The Mets actually went up. I'm a little bit torn on what to do here. I mean, I do like the, the price is now playable. I don't know how many Mets he's going to play. The Mets have been way up and down. 27-19-34. If we get Mets in the mid-30s, then Covington's solid. But I don't know if those minutes are necessarily secure. 
Jeff Green's been coming out of the bench and shooting the ball amazing. Um, I think he's okay, but not my favorite play. Dan House, the minutes have been there, uh, you know, almost 40 a game. He's a guy that is a little bit score independent. You know, the rebounds actually have been there for House, which is a little bit surprising. But if we're going to get 40 minutes out of Dan House, I think he's perfectly fine in the mid-range. P.J. Tucker for value at 4-3. It's really gross. You're never, never gonna get. Uh, you're never gonna feel great about playing him, but I think he's 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 in play, right? Because the minutes about forty a game. Um, he's got to knock down a couple of those threes, so I'm not super excited about it. But I wouldn't completely cross him off. Rivers, uh, I don't think I get to him. The minutes aren't high enough on him. Same thing with Macklemore. I don't think we do it. Uh, not enough minutes for me to consider him. So that's it for Houston. Let's talk about Portland and LA. So. This is a really, really interesting game because no Lillard is huge, and Lakers have blown out Portland in you know two of those games, like absolutely killed them. So my feel on this game is people, no one's going to play anyone in this game. So I kind of like it for GPPs. This is a game that I might get a good amount of exposure to because I think no one's going to play anyone in this game. With no Damian Lillard, obviously the ball risk is enormous here, but... If Portland keeps it close, we know where the production is coming from. It's CJ McCollum at 8-1. It's Yusuf Nurkic at 8-6. I like both these guys a lot for GPPs. I know the risk. There's a really, really good chance it blows out, and no one's going to play Portland, guys. Absolutely. I don't think people will play them. I think people would, would rather take the shot in Orlando-Milwaukee because that game has actually stayed close. I actually think that game blows out, whereas I think this game is just interesting because no one's going to play anyone in this game. So I like Nurkic, I like CJ. They're GPP only plays though, because there's a really good chance that they just get blown out once again. But if they stay close, if Portland State keeps it close, it's a big game from Nurkic and it's a big game from Colin, right? You McCollum. You know it's coming from those two guys. So I like both a lot for GPPs. I don't think anyone plays them, but um, they're risky. Uh, but I like both a lot. Mellow's at 5'9". Obviously, we'll have to do a little bit more with no Dame. I think he's solid in the mid-range, too. Again, so this whole Portland team is super, super risky. Whiteside at 4'9", I'm hesitant because he didn't start the second half. Um, I don't know if they start him again. If they do not start Whiteside, then I'm probably not going to get to him at 4'9". Gary Trent Jr., I think they start him at 4'8". I think they start him, and I think they start Anthony Simons. I think they start... I think the starting lineup is CJ, Simons, Trent, Mello, and Nurkic. That's my best guess. You never know. But I think those five start. Trent at 4-8. He still has a low floor, but he has to hit his threes. Uh, Anthony Simons at 4K. I think he starts. I think he's going to play big minutes. Um, yeah, someone is going to have to score the ball besides CJ and Nurkic. So Simons, if he starts, I think we get over 30 minutes, and he's at 4K. He can score the ball, too. So... I have Anderson Simons. Um, I think he's a pretty solid value play. Um, the rest of the value, like Hazonia, probably gets more minutes here. He's a risky play, but I think he's a viable punt. Maybe they start him. You never know. Uh, I don't know what Portland's going to do here. Uh, I don't think I get to anyone else. Like Maybe even the game blows out, which is a good chance. You could use a guy like Wendy and Gabriel, or si- like Simons would probably play in the blowout too. Um, so... And this is a really, really interesting game. I think 
cash teams, you don't play anyone in it. But for GPPs, it's Nurkic and CJ that I think look really good. I don't think people get to them. I just don't think they do. So let's talk about the Lakers. Another team that I actually think people will avoid. Uh, I, I mean, I know the, or you have to know the risk. There's a really, really good chance this game does not stay close. So it's all about the risk-reward factor. Um, LeBron and AD have absolutely enormous upside if this game stays close. So LeBron in 28 minutes had 57 fancy points. Anthony Davis in 18 minutes had almost 40 fancy points. Right? So I love both those guys. Um, if Portland can keep it close, I think both of them absolutely crush their salary. So this game looks Again, no one's going to play anyone in it. And I agree, it's super, super risky. But, man, the two stars and the Lakers look really, really good. Kuzma, 5-3. I'll continue to pass. Even the price is coming down, but I'm not going to do that. Danny Green and KCP are viable punts. 4 and 3.5K. Um, both will get around 30 minutes. They have to hit their threes, but Portland plays no defense. Howard McGee are, are viable punts, too. Howard got extended because of the blowout, but he'll play like 18 or so minutes. McGee will play 14 or so minutes. And Portland plays zero defense, so they're viable punts. Caruso's at 3-4 with no Rondo. I think it's okay, too. Um, I think he's in play if you need someone really, really cheap. And if the game stays close, we we'll probably get 25-ish minutes from him. That's it. I mean, could you target a guy like Deion Waiters and hope for the blowout? Yeah, you could. But it's a really, really risky play. Like I still I still don't know if I would do that. Um, so that's it. That's kind of my breakdown, guys. Um, four cash games. I think OKC Houston is your way to go. I think you load up on that game um, and maybe get some value in, in the other two games. For GPPs, um, yeah. I mean, the first and the last game both have upside. Uh, like I said, if you think Orlando-Milwaukee keeps it close, I think you play Vucevic. I think you play Giannis and maybe play a couple other pieces in the game. If you think Portland and the Lakers keep it close, then I think you're going to want one and be either CJ or Nurkic, and then probably one of those Lakers stars. If you take a stand that both games blow out, then just stack the middle game, which I think, again, is the safest way to go. So it's a really, really interesting slate. It's a super risky slate. I would not, personally, I would not play cash games on the slate, but that's just me. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to do it, guys. Um, so if you have been enjoying the content so far, I'd really appreciate it. If you leave a like button on the video, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell just so you know when I upload videos and go live. I will be live streaming for this one 30 minutes before lock, so be sure to check out the live stream, guys. Um, I will go over all the news that we have so, uh, for the day. Basically, what we're waiting for, again, is Aaron Gordon. That's about it. Um, so thanks again, guys. I hope you guys all have a good day, uh, and I will see you all in the live stream tomorrow.